0: Welcome back to another episode of VHS Files Presents The Horror Section. This podcast contains spoilers, adult content, and harsh language. Listener discretion is advised. Now your hosts, Josh and Jason. Enjoy the horror. Hello. Welcome back to the VHS Files Presents the Horror Section, the podcast where we go back in time looking for the almost famous, a bigger quote, and the good, the bad, and the ugly in our favorite movies this week, especially horror movies. Jason, do you know what today is? Is it my birthday? It's a special day. (laughs) It's a special day, but it's not your birthday. Your birthday is coming up later. Oh, is it? uh... Happy Friday, the 13th. Everybody, (laughs) we're coming at you with a bonus horror section episode today, and we're going to be talking about Friday the 13th, part six Jason Lives. This is between me and Jason.
1: Jason belongs in hell, and I'm going to see he gets there. Jason's alive. We dug up his body. You got to do something. No one
0: in Forest Green wants to be reminded of what that maniac did here. That's why we changed the name. People want to forget this was Crystal Lake.
1: Just because our parents keep telling us that Jason was only a legend doesn't mean it wasn't true. What if he did come back? Looking for the camp counselor that caused him to drown.
2: Yeah, I'm alive. I'm right here, dude. This yeah. Is this a movie about me? Okay. I'm just making sure. No, another
0: Jason, man. Another Jason.
2: Oh, but this show's all about me and you. So who's this other guy, Jason? As far as I'm concerned, there's one and only, and it's me. They broke the mold. Game over. <laughs> so, and, and I'm from Texas, remember? It's so funny because it
0: your name's Jason, but your favorite horror slasher is Michael Myers. Go figure I know.
2: I don't understand it. I mean, Jason's up there, but uh, still can't beat the Michael dude. He's the originator, man. Everybody else was a copy after it. I mean, we didn't even get Jason until later. Yeah, there would be
0: no Jason if there was not a Michael Myers.
2: Exactly. And in a sense, if you want to start arguing in the horror community, maybe there wouldn't have been anything without Leatherface because that happened first, but... That was just crazy people from Texas eating people. But as far as the original slasher, mass killer, strange you got, Michael did it first. Yep. So, yep. but that's all in another episode that we'll do in October. We'll yeah. talk some more about Mr. Myers, but today... Is Jason's special day, Friday the 13th. His birthday was on Friday the 13th. So his mother said, I think he had multiple birthdays in a year because how many Friday the ths are in a year? Uh, Do we actually have the date of his birth? Don't
0: have a date (laughs) of his birth. Uh, I was looking around and there's only one Friday the 13th this year. I was planning on doing something special for Friday the 13th if we had another one, but in doing my research, there's only one and it's this one. So
2: I'm happy to do this with you because you are my brother in horror. And it is my birthday month. So we're going to act like today is Jason's birthday, even though mine's next week. That's so. there you go. Happy birthday. I'll take this happy birthday treat to the Jasons of the world. Cause I mean, I don't know about you. How many friends did you have named Jason growing up? All of us that were into horror, we just, you know, every Friday the 13th, it's a special day. <laughs> 13 is 13 is like my. T- Two of my favorite numbers, 13 to 31. Go figure, 31 being Halloween. Yep. So,
0: well, I, I, a fun fact is, I this isn't the only podcast I've ever done with a Jason. I used to do another podcast with a guy named Jason as well. So,
2: there you go. But we're, oh. we're special, dude. It's, it's a Josh and Jason. show. you always got to have a Jason yep. to complete the circle. So,
0: yeah, it, it only would have made it better. You know what would have made it better is if you're, you're, your name's Jason, if I would have been named Michael, and we'd have been, I'm my favorite horror franchises Friday the 13th and yours would have been Halloween. That would have been yeah. special
2: under our tuxes for our marriages. We wore Friday the 13th shirts and Michael Meyer shirts Yeah, at our weddings as groomsmen are the groom. So that's how much we love both of these guys, Michael and Jason. I got, I got Go married.
0: I got married on Friday the 13th.
2: <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> I did too on a Friday the 13th. That didn't work out too well. <laughs> we won't talk about that. So only one lucky Friday the 13th and you and Jenny nailed it. Yep. So there you go. Well, that's a so can happen on Friday 13th. Well,
0: if anybody's been listening to our show from the get go, you would know that we have covered Friday the 13th part one through five. It was, I believe our fifth episode that we've ever, that we ever did here on the VHS files that was on the big show. That was before we started doing our little branch off of the horror section here. And, uh, <laughs> suffice to say uh we didn't want to put eric and jenny through another friday the 13th movie begged eric to do it he was like nope i'm not doing that shit again
2: (laughs) so well as far as i'm concerned (laughs) he is in time out after the life force episode (laughs) so eric i know you're gonna listen to this i'm sorry bro i'm still upset about that and we've (laughs) all had many texts back and forth about that episode that should be coming out or is it out i can't remember yeah it's out no who when knows? does Life Force episode come, I don't <laughs> know. But either way, he's in the corner. He's not coming in this week. But like you said, I think we over-Jasoned Eric and Jenny. I mean, me and you, oh, yeah. we can't get enough of these movies. Yeah, do, are some of them horrible? Yeah, but we still love them. And we love the cheesiness, you know, straight up nudity which actually we'll talk about that in this episode because there's kind of a lack of it there
1: is
2: (laughs) none of it really in this one exactly the only friday the 13th with no nudity that's right let's go ahead
0: and break this thing down real quick it was directed by uh kind of a well not a first-time director he had done one movie before this but his name was tom mcloughlin and he had done a movie called one dark night apparently the producers and people at um whatever the company is for paramount Far- paramount were uh, happy with tom mcclellan's work on one dark night so they approached him for this one and uh he hasn't done much since then he's done some tv stuff he did a movie called date with an angel and the unsaid he also sometimes they come back yeah he worked on the sometimes they come back and i believe he also worked on the sequel i don't know if he was the director on that but i think he may have been a producer or something like that Well, another cool thing about Jason Lives is it is 35 years old this month as well. It came out on August 1st, 1986, so it turned 35 at the first of the month. Happy
2: 35th birthday, part six.
0: It's crazy watching these movies now. I mean, like especially this one. Like This movie's 35 years old, and I don't know. We'll get into it a little bit, but it doesn't seem like it's that old to me. Maybe it's just because it's kind of timeless in my eyes, but this— little sequel here to Friday the 13th had a budget of a mere $3 million returned to box office of 19.5. If you can Which say anything, still low. it's still low, but if you can say anything about the Friday the 13th films, they've all turned a profit. Good ones, bad ones. There may have been a couple that didn't do too well, but this one, I mean, $3 million budget, 19.5, it still made its money back and then some. So I think it was considered a success, maybe not a huge success.
2: Yeah. And still even a lower budget with better special effects than Life Force.
0: (laughs) Eric, sorry. That's going to (laughs) be like the bar we have to go through now is like, what's, what's better or worse than Life Force?
2: I'm telling you dude Toby Hooper was coked out his mind the whole entire time <laughs> 25 million went right up everybody's nose in that that movie so but hey in this one dude we get some great Special effects, practical effects with the makeup. Yeah, for for sure. We'll get to it right here close to the beginning, dude. But that grave scene, dude, that's fantastic.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Again, $3 million looks a lot better on screen here than it did in Life Force. Okay, we're done with Life Force now. Okay. (laughs) If you want to hear our Life Force, go check out that episode. But uh, this was also released amongst the likes of these classic horror films, The Fly Night of the Creeps, which we just talked about a couple episodes on the uh, horror section here. Yeah. Another Toby Hooper movie, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two. And Jason's favorite, Maximum Overdrive.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) We made you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Who made who? We made you. I don't know. We're going to talk about that on here at some point in time. Yes. If I had to sit. One more life force. If I had to sit through life force, we're going to do maximum (laughs) overdrive.
0: The key to that is you got to get Eric on that episode, which I don't think he'll have a problem with.
2: He should. I mean, it is a Stephen King short story. So. Well, let's start
0: talking about Mr. Jason Voorhees. This was the return of the actual Jason Voorhees in this segment of these films, because you would have heard on our last discussion. And if you go back and look at it, Jason was not the killer in, Friday the thirteenth, part five. They were trying to go a new uh a new direction with a new beginning, quote unquote, with that one. And Jason was dead in it and he was not the killer. Well, this time they were like, No, the only thing we want to do on this is you got to bring Jason back because we want him as the killer in this one.
2: Yeah. And that came straight from the top of Paramount yep. because they lost so much money, uh, too much negative feedback from part five. Well, I mean, like you said, they were trying to just Let's start something new. Let's make somebody else the new Jason, like the Tommy, Jar, uh, Tommy Jarvis. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work. So, I mean, Paramount's like, if you don't bring Jason back, you're, you're gone, Mr. McLaughlin, whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, you better bring him back. We want him in our movies. And it did. Like you said, a $3 million budget turned a profit. So therefore, people love their Jason. Mm-hmm, so For sure, if you got to have him in these movies.
0: And so. and and fun fact: I did a little bit of back back end research on this, and was watching some interviews with the director and whatnot. And he said he had never seen a Friday the Thirteenth movie before he was approached to direct this one. Spent wow. Spent the entire day at Paramount watching the films back to back in preparation. And his Lucky. his first thought when he got to the producers, he said, Listen, we gotta do something fun with this. We can't keep going this same route that's that, that that's happened in these past five movies. Let's can we do some tongue in cheek? And they love the idea, so they went forward with it. And I have to say, it, it works pretty well here. This this definitely revitalized Jason in a lot of ways, coming back to, to Crystal Lake, bringing him back to life, and then the tongue-in-cheek aspect of all of this. I mean, it, it, from the get-go, when this movie oh. starts, it's all just like, okay, these guys know exactly what kind of movie this is. Let's play around. Let's have fun with it, and let's just do something fun.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you go back, uh, movies like this movie kind of, you know, inspired a lot more like we'll take in for instance uh west craven scream
1: mm-hmm.
2: where you're breaking the fourth wall yep and they do that in this movie and uh i mean doing my research on it too that they, uh, they said that scream took a lot of that from this movie of the whole breaking the fourth wall with a little bit of the humor making fun of itself in a yeah. sense
1: mm-hmm.
2: and uh you could, i didn't even you know you don't really think that and then you think of scream you're like oh god yes this is friday 13th part six pretty much with a new killer Yep. And everything else. I mean, with the little aspects of Halloween, or else doing, but I love the fact that they do that. I love the fourth wall break. And they're like, like you said, they've already set the precedent through five movies. Okay. It's a guy walks around killing people, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Let's make fun of ourselves, but also keep some of the horror aspect at the same time. Don't make it too campy. Right. You know,
0: uh, kind of like we touched on in one crazy summer episode, this segment of Friday the 13th is just the right amount of stupid for me. Oh god yeah. Now they've got I, they get more stupid the later you go on past these movies and and <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> not good at all. But this one was it's hitting all the right notes for me. Now, yes, it's got plenty of cheese in it. It's uh it's probably not what some people would consider a top tier movie, but in the rankings of the Friday the 13th series, this one's high up there for me. I mean, this one's setting the bar pretty high.
2: I mean, it's great. I mean, even the critics, it's actually one of the better reviewed right. Friday the 13th movies out of all of them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's pretty good. I think maybe that could have been because they didn't do the gratuitous nudity that right. every one of them has. But it's actually a well-paced story mm-hmm. and everything going on. You get a, uh, some decent acting sometimes from some of the characters. So, I mean, it's not that bad. Like you said, it could be worse <laughs> Sorry. And my machete just fell. So (laughs) (laughs) I know you guys can't see us at home, but me and Josh were sporting our uh, hockey mask at the beginning. And I even brought in my machete. So we Mm -hmm. had to get into character for this, but luckily I didn't just lose an arm from the machete that just fell. There's some acting in here. That's pretty, I mean, there's some, that's pretty bad. You know, like I kind of like the deputy. I'm not too big on him, uh, but we'll get into more of that era. But I mean, uh, Tommy, I like the guy that played Tommy, which we'd seen him in a few movies before this. Yeah, we'll, we'll be talking about him a little later. Uh, and and you bring up, I mean,
0: just the character of Tommy. I mean, you've got that was another thing about this one coming back is it's 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 the Tommy, it's the end of the Tommy trilogy, is what they call yeah. it here, where where they're bringing Tommy Jarvis back into the mix. I think. With what happened in A New Beginning and where they decided to come back with this one, I think it was a smart idea to bring something back from those movies to kind of keep people a little, to make them feel comfortable coming back to a Friday the 13th film. Um, Not just with Jason coming back, but with a character that we're all familiar with. It sort of negates everything that happened in the fifth movie. And interestingly enough, in doing research for this, I also found out they approached the guy who played Tommy in that one to come back for this one. Mm -hmm. And he is a big time Christian, which is funny coming from the movie that he had done previously. But oh, yeah, he was actually kind of into wanting to do this one because of if you if you notice there are little things about Christianity in this one. And that was one thing Tom McLaughlin wanted to bring in was like gothic horror elements, which you get from the beginning here going into the graveyard. That graveyard is total gothic horror Um you know, coming in, uh, you've got Jason being resurrected with the with the lightning strike, and it's it's a very big callback to Frankenstein. Oh, so, there's
2: some Frankenstein Easter eggs in the movie too. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. And <laughs> uh, but I think it all sets up this movie to be successful in in a way to keep the people who love the franchise. You know, ready to go along on this crazy ride that they decided to do with this one bringing in the comedic elements and the tongue in cheek, thir- you know, fourth wall breaking and all that, because you've got your, your, your main hero from the past couple of movies. Then you've got your actual Jason Boer. He's coming back to, <laughs> I was going to say, save the day, but, uh, murder everyone.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and I think this is the first time other than part one and two, where we get a reoccurring character. Yeah like that too you had the uh i can't remember her character's name but she killed miss Voorhees, and then she did show up at the beginning of part two where she died pretty quick yeah
0: and funny enough the original script for this they wanted to bring back pam and reggie reggie from part mm-hmm. five and they were set to die off in the beginning sequence and yeah. then they completely re you know flipped the script and did something completely different
2: yeah i think parent like i said i think paramount stepped in again they were like hey we just kind of want to forget part five
1: yeah which other is than bringing smart.
2: tommy back you could almost act like part five didn't exist you could go from part four all the way to part six mm-hmm. and tommy just still because he's older he's probably in his 20s at this point by the character look uh yeah i mean you you can just totally negate part five altogether and this is just, just a direct sequel to part four right because he's just, you know, he, he's fucked up. I mean, damn, he killed a serial killer with a machete mm-hmm. over and over again. He obviously probably has some sort of mental break. And he's been in a mental hospital with his buddy, Alan. And yeah. they're he- headed to go freaking make sure Jason's dead. Right. Which <laughs> so, the
0: premise of all of that is really silly. You're inviting problems into your life by doing what Tommy is doing here. So he's obviously just still not right in the head, but he thinks this is what's going to help him get better is if he makes sure that Jason's been taken care of that Jason belongs in hell.
2: And I'm going to see he gets there is what he says on the way to the graveyard. The eeriness of the old graveyard way out in the woods type feel. And then mm-hmm. like you said, he wants to make sure he's dead. And he ends up digging up the grave. I mean, you just know from horror movies, you're digging up the grave. You, know, I mean, I honestly expected him to open the coffin and him be alive. Yeah. And him just in a suspended animation just waiting to be resurrected by being dug up. Mm-hmm. But we obviously find that, no, Jason is rotted, full of maggots. Mm-hmm and everything dude i love that grave scene when he digs him up
0: dude it looks great and and yeah this is this is our first instance of where jason is an undead zombie who's been brought back to continue his you know
2: his reign of terror yeah he's not a guy that's just hard to kill i mean that's what he basically was from i guess in the background of part one because he does show up Mm -hmm. you know i mean but it was weird they had him undead in the pond or the lake right and he comes back but really truly he really never died i guess either that or he was resurrected which we so much mythology into the real jason was he? did he ever die was he yeah. resurrected did they use the necronomicon to bring <laughs> him back blah 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 t- stuff like that so in a sense was he actually re- was he already undead but this well, was he was really dead and buried I don't want to so, get too much
0: into my I, my theories on this because I do want to eventually talk about the remake of Friday the 13th on the show one day but I think that one could have gone and it doesn't really set anything in stone but they sort of hint at the fact that Jason wasn't really dead he just that Pamela Voorhees had an episode and went after the camp counselors. It makes a whole lot more sense to, to, for her to blame. Cause Jason's always been like a mongoloid and all of the, and yeah. all of this and whatnot. It would make a lot more sense for her to be upset with camp, camp counselors for not paying attention to him while, people were picking on him or something bad happened to him and caused him to have a disfigurement or, or or something like that. That makes a lot more sense and sets up something to where he can come back a lot easier. I think they kind of mm. shot themselves in the foot with the original script for, the, for, for, Friday, for Friday the 13th and saying that Jason was killed in the lake or drowned in the lake. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it didn't stop them from going down the path that they did with making this franchise and bringing Jason in being the killer. But I think that could have worked a little bit better. If they would have thought about it a little bit more.
2: Yeah. It could have been just more like maybe they thought she, he had drowned, but she drug him out of the lake. Yeah. Resuscitated him. And she was just a mom, you know, cause like, I mean, like you said, Jason was a mongoloid. He was a special needs kid. Mm-hmm and she already had a hard time and then she almost lost him and she just could have had a mental snap
1: mm-hmm.
2: like fuck these camp counselors my son almost died Yep. after the life I've gone through to take care of him and give him a good life y'all just let him almost die and then she said fuck it as far as i know my kids dead mm-hmm. and i'm going to just kill all of these camp uh, yeah. camp counselors and, and they
0: and they go the it makes good yeah, sense yeah they 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 go the extra mile in the remake to show that that jason as a boy sat and watched his mom get beheaded and so he was still alive at that point so that kind of thing makes sense but you know again that's just a theory we can talk more about that when we talk about the remake in the future but uh
2: we like theories.
0: Yeah, we do like theories.
2: <laughs> we could let's just do a show over horror theories.
0: Uh, we could do rewrites. We could just go into all these movies that were had potential to be good and rewrite them to where they actually are good.
2: <laughs> That's true. We could do it with Maximum Overdrive because it's not a great movie, but it's a fun movie, right? So, but I mean, we get to the Jason thing. I mean, Tommy totally snaps. I mean, not only that, the, the boy's strong. He ripped a piece of metal off of a freaking gated cemetery <laughs> he just pulls that thing right off i mean i know it's old and beta but i mean he he, he just starts stabbing him and it's i love it though it's like he's like totally emaciated body mm-hmm. he's just a husk of jason and i mean he's stabbing hell and you just see alan the i think it's his buddy's name, alan, yeah. the character and his face is like oh, oh my god this guy really messed you up didn't <laughs> he oh shit yeah, that's it. <laughs> and then uh then they get up and he's like, uh, they had the gas can with them. They're gonna burn Jason. I mean, that's the old. Uh, if you're any of our listeners or are watchers of Supernatural with the Winchester brothers, you know, you burn the body and then you salt it. <laughs> They're dead. They're not coming back. And and I even got that vibe from Tommy's character with the way he's dressed. And I was like, this is where the people who wrote Supernatural got Dean Winchester's character was from Tommy.
0: the see, I because <laughs> he totally.
2: You never watched it, but I've watched the, all of it, all 15 seasons. So. Wow. But uh, yeah, he it I can say, man, I can see a little Dean Winchesterish here, like you said, burn the body, put salt on it, they're dead. Well, there
0: you go. I mean, there's also kind of a, a you have a pseudo uh, supernatural crossover because Dean from Supernatural, I think, is is
2: is no that- Jared Paddle No Jared Padalecki, who plays Sam, Sam. is in the Friday the yeah. Thirteenth okay. remake. But Jensen Ackles, who plays Dean, is in the uh, My Bloody Valentine remake. Yep. So they both went on to do remakes of old horror movies. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I and think, I know Jenny probably enjoys watching uh, the Black Friday Thirteen remake because most women love looking at. Uh,
0: oh, there's there's no doubt. I mean, anytime I'm talking about watching that one, she's like, "Yeah, I'll watch it." Jared Padalecki's in it.
2: <laughs> I say Jared Padalecki's in it. All the women like that. Unless you're unless it's my girlfriend, she's a Jensen Ackles fan. Yeah, so she she likes her knee. So.
0: Uh, maybe but, one day I'll get around to watching Supernatural. I mean, if if, if you've watched all fifteen seasons of, oh, I don't know, you like some pretty silly TV shows.
2: I gotta say, hey, I, lo- I love Teen Wolf too. Exactly, I, I thought that was cool. But there there are definitely some seasons in there that are not cool. But they even there is an episode where they do a pseudo Friday Thirteen Crystal Lake myth. Oh, nice. Where they're there, they do do that. I mean, they do that a couple of times where they kind of get into some of the horror movies, but not actually bring the character in.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Play a little, do a lot of. Om- homage episode to those. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. But um, yeah, when we get to burn the body, but you you know, eventually you see the storm moving in. And that's another thing about the mythology of Jason. When Jason's always resurrected or coming, it's like, he's a force of nature because it always a storm of some sort comes into play.
1: Mm.
2: If you've ever noticed that there's always, I mean, not like I'm not talking like storm, 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 but it's like a little thunderstorm, a little rain or something. And Jason's always around. I mean, it always happened because like this, as soon as the caskets open, the clouds start getting a little yeah. cloudy. The wind picks up. Yeah. I mean, like-
0: part four, part four has quite a bit of rain going on. And it. I mean, part five, you can kind of get technical here. I mean, part five, Part five's got a bit of rain, but Jason's not really in that one. Yeah. Then you got the storm coming in on this one. No, Part seven is interesting because he's brought back by just some random uh, girl with psychic powers. In that it's one. Jason
2: versus Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much what that whole uh, part seven is about.
0: And but, it, don't get me started on Jason Goes to Hell because I uh, just... Yeah, I've got plenty to say about both of those because he's 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 not resurrected in either one of them. He's just there. And that drives me nuts. But this one is where, you know, he's struck by lightning and resurrected here in part seven. He's brought back to life by the psychic girl in part eight. It just happens that he's laying on top of an electrical thing. uh, Anchor catches it, shocks him back to life. life. And, you know, that was part of the fun for me was watching. Okay, how are they going to bring Jason back this time? jason goes to hell the final friday another final Mm. in this series and he's just at the he's at he's at crystal lake they don't bring him back to life he's just there and that was really disappointing to me for that movie and they blow him up yeah but (laughs) that's a whole different discussion we'll talk about that movie on another day but
2: we're paying homage to part six today yep but if you want us to just talk nothing but friday the 13th let us know and me and Josh will sit here for a four hour episode (laughs) and break down them all and tie them all together and talk about how shitty some of the stories were for them. And it's just like, Hey, we're Paramount. Let's make a money grab movie, Mm -hmm. put Jason in it to throw him in Manhattan. People will watch it and we're going to make some profit. I got to buy a new Lamborghini or something. Well, honestly,
0: it wasn't even Paramount. I mean, Paramount was scraping the bottom of the barrel towards the end of their run with Jason, but it was new line who really screwed the screwed the pooch. (laughs) <laughs> using a line from this movie who really screwed the pooch, the pooch with um with the Jason movies. Cause new line just decided to do whatever they wanted when they, when they did final Friday and or Jason yeah. goes to hell and Jason X and all of
2: those. We get Kane hotter in part seven and dude, I think he's still the ultimate Jason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I've actually met the guy. Uh, he's really cool. And he loves playing Jason. That's yeah. like, I mean, he's even got killer tattooed in it inside of his lip Mm -hmm. but i mean in this one we had was it cj graham cj graham
0: there was an original they had gone with somebody else originally dan
2: Dan bradley which dan bradley Bradley was a stunt coordinator i mean that guy was pretty famous i mean he did coordinating for spider-man 2 3 mission impossible movies but i had read that the reason they changed the cj graham is because he was too fat to play jason
0: Yeah, they liked C.J. Graham being, C.J. Graham, I think they said, was like 6'2 or 6'3. I mean, he was a towering guy. Very
2: slender. C.J. Graham
0: is Jason throughout most of the movie. You can see Dan Bradley as Jason in the paintball paintball scenes. Yeah, and you can tell. You can tell. He's got a little bit more of a portly midsection.
2: Yeah, because you think about it. You can't have a fat Jason. He just got out of the ground. Mm Mm-hmm there's no extra meat there. right? (laughs) So come on, man, the worms and everything have been feasting on his body since part four. You can't have a chubby Jason. (laughs) So there is no, he's not dead and bloated, dude. He he already went through that stage. He is freaking rotted and half chewed up. What, What I
0: want to bring up in this opening, other than the fact Jason coming back to life is this is where we start with some good gore. But when you've got Alan who runs up and smashes that shovel on his head, And then he just turns around and reaches straight through his torso. (laughs) His heart comes out the back. Oh, yes. That's when you know you're in for some fun with this movie.
2: I mean, cause I mean, like, I mean, even in the other movies, I mean, he was what do they call it a uh, crazy strong, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he was a crushing heads and yeah, a little stronger than the average man, you know, but now he's supernatural. He's mm-hmm. undead. Yep. You know, you think about werewolves and vampires and shit. They're way stronger than we are because they are the undead, mm-hmm. but he's not a zombie in a sense, but he is, but he's not. I love when it rains. You can actually see the maggots mm-hmm. falling onto the ground. Yep. That is so cool to me. I don't know. I know it's maggots. People are like, how we got it, It's maggots. It's cool how they, they're staying with the realism of that. Like he stands up it rains. The mm-hmm. maggots are rolling off of him and falling onto the ground. But they, like you said, Alan smashed him with that. He gets some pretty gruesome kills in this movie because of his new supernatural strength,
0: which is quite amazing that we've got, some of the kills we got in this movie, considering the MPAA again wreaked havoc on this movie with with the, you know they they went to Tom McLaughlin and told him we want gory kills we want a bigger body count we there there are some kills in this movie that were originally were not planned and mm-hmm. they had to go in and add them because they wanted more bodies we spoke about this briefly whenever we talked about one through five a while ago but the fact that the MPAA hacked up these movies is 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 just so heartbreaking because you can tell like the reason these people take these movies is because they want to work on something like, you know, they want to work on a fun horror movie. They want to work on those special effects and the gore and all of that stuff. Yeah. They put so much time and effort into making these things look realistic is as, as realistic as they can and, and, and as creative as they can get with the kills and all that just for the MPAA to hack it all to pieces. And what's funny is if these movies were made nowadays, they would be so much better in terms of gore. Because, I mean, we just watched The Suicide Squad and there's more gore in that movie than any of the Friday the 13th movies, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, like like, a spoiler with King Shark rips the guy in half.
0: Right. I mean, you've got tons of stuff happening in a quote unquote superhero film now that is, you know, huge. Whereas back in 1986, could not have any of that stuff going on. They had to hack it to pieces. (laughs) Get it? Hack it to pieces. (laughs) that it makes me surprised that we even got the heart coming through coming out of the chest in Jason's hand because it's pretty graphic and i mean but they do cut away from it fairly quickly
2: yeah there's a couple other kills uh, we'll get to when about court that you know that MPA had uh, stepped into there because the way he dies they cut away really quick and then you see mm-hmm. what happened and you know that was an MPAA type thing.
1: Oh yeah, well,
2: you the, definitely could tell.
0: With most of the kills in this movie, I mean, I did go through and watch the deleted scenes uh, for this one, and and, and kind of it shows you all the stuff they left on the cutting room floor, stuff that they mm-hmm. that the MPAA told them that they cannot have. This one and part seven were completely hacked up to pieces. I mean, just they put a lot of time and effort into the gore of those movies, and the fact that they did not get out there is a travesty. Um, another thing that's Popular about part two is the, the spear scene. You know, there's an yep. act, there's actual footage of the spear going through the guy's back, into the bed, all of that stuff, which has only surfaced recently since Scream Factory did their special edition of the Friday the 13th series. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I briefly talked about that because they had announced that they were releasing that set when we had originally done the one through five podcast. And the process they had to go through to, sur- to resurrect this footage was crazy. Oh, yeah. And um, the the only way they had it was on a VHS tape of one of the people from the crew that actually had it. It was all melded together and they had to like bake it to separate the film stock and actually, you know, restore the footage. And some of the stuff, even for part two, like the kills in part two, that movie would probably stand out more for me had the kills originally been the way they were supposed to because watching the footage of the original kills and that, like the guy in the wheelchair when he dies, I mean, there's a completely just like no cut. Boom. You see the machete go into a face. Whereas in the movie, it cuts away. You only see it for a brief second and then it cuts away and the machete's in his head.
2: He's rolling down the hill. Mm
0: -hmm. But they, you know, the kills in these movies were all a lot bloodier and just, you know, film mpa it was like nope you're not going to put this out there which is which
2: is pretty sad dude you gotta love the whole james bond opening mm-hmm. scene when it zooms into jason's yep. eye when he gets his mask i mean i i can see we should have brought nathan in just for this because <laughs> right. we all know how our buddy nathan loves him some james bond yep so i every time i see that i, I just sort of like no my name is jason
0: <laughs> Voorhees, is
2: jason Voorhees.
0: and i'm sure the novelty of that was was you know a lot of people probably loved seeing that and thought it was hilarious at the time me not really being a big james not seeing a lot of james bond movies i just thought it was cool as a as a you know six or seven year old watching friday the 13th i was like this is cool i like this i i loved i loved the atmosphere they brought from the beginning of this film and it continues
2: throughout it a little humor in. Hey, we're going to do this whole James Bond opening right here mm-hmm. just for shits and giggles. Yep. You know, one thing I did love about this and I had noticed over the years, I love how he actually showed Jason a lot yeah. walking through the woods. Mm-hmm. A lot of the other movies never. He was just always there during the day as well. Yeah. I mean, you not just from an angle where you see a hand. We got that in all the other movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is literally. Jason standing there on the side of the road, Jason yeah. walking through the woods, going back to the camp, Jason here. You see a lot of Jason in this movie yeah. that you never saw before. And I love how they did that. I mean, cause I remember it was the whole thing, you know, that whole rumor. Yeah. You can run fast, but Jason can walk faster, mm-hmm. you know? And how did he, I mean, they did that in the remake. Uh, they kind of showed how Jason just kind of popped up around places. Right. But uh, I mean, that's how all the other movies were, but this one, you just see him, no? He's a freaking power walker, dude. Mm. I mean, he's <laughs> he's freaking humming, dude. He he went to the mall with weights on his uh, ankles. I mean, he's he's working it. Well, he, he,
0: he stopped at the dry cleaner on the way to the mall, too, because his outfit just got a whole lot nicer after he got out of that grave. I don't know how long he's been sitting in it with maggots on top of him. But when he's walking, when they when it cuts to him walking down the road with this with the spike in his hand, like mm-hmm. his
2: his pants and his shirt look like they've been pleated. And like, it's just this
0: nice <laughs> outfit. And I was like, wow. I think
2: it's what I'm thinking. I think he got it from one of the people he'd killed because he had the nice set of gloves, nice set of leather gloves, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the belt. Well, that
0: comes after he kills yeah. the, the guy in the woods, the the paintball people.
2: I would really kind of want to talk about the VW scene. Yeah, I love this scene. Dude, I like you said, again, a little humor, mm-hmm. but still really good. Because I, I, I even love the line there. We'll save that later for yep. uh, quotes. But, I mean, you get the the two camp counselors. I guess they're the main one. Was it Darren and... Nancy is their name. Nancy, mm-hmm. yeah. They're headed in with the VW, which... It's kind of an ongoing thing through most of the Friday 13th movies You watched. There seems to always be a VW bug in a movie somewhere. Part two, part three. I don't think there's one in part four. Not part we sure? Four. I can't
0: remember. Uh, we can go back and double check, but I don't think there is. But yeah, I mean, the VW is definitely popular amongst the Friday the 13th series.
2: The, the guy Darren, too. He's actually went on to do a few things. Oh, yeah. You know, gonna, we'll uh, talk about, him, in about almost, him here a little bit. Yeah, we'll get him the almost famous. But uh, I, I read during this whole scene, you know, uh, Darren gets out does the whole thing well I'm just going to shoot him we obviously know you're not going to kill Jason with bullets even before he was undead
1: mm-hmm.
2: but uh I read that the spear scene when he's trying to kill her through the, the glass that's actually the director's wife yeah mm-hmm. and he actually almost hit her with the spear like he almost impaled her with yeah. the spear it was accident yeah. But uh well, least- the, the
0: the the guy, the stunt guy was not accounting for the fact that whenever he would hit the window, he would get resistance from that. Cuz it was he just was pushing. supposed to, Yeah, it was just supposed to go through and hit to the head of the the driver's seat. But yeah. but whenever the spike went through, it turned and you can see it in the shot. I mean, it comes through oh, yeah. the window and goes to the left. And yeah, almost got her but Thankfully, uh, that was a close call, but from what I understand and to hear the director talk about it, there was no real injuries on the set. This was a very safe shoot. Uh, that was just a very close call, but yeah, he almost got her with that one.
2: Well, the, uh, the red tunes, like the guy that, uh, CJ Graham, they got, they got him from a local place. He was doing some kind of show and they brought him in. Hey, this guy's tall. He's, he can handle himself on stage. Mm -hmm. And that's where they brought him in. He had no stunt, nothing before this, but he was military, he had military training. Right. And they said they think some of that had to do with that because you're taught to follow your target. Mm-hmm. So they think it was just a lot of the windshield and some of his instinct and not knowing that, hey, I'm going to have to go this way because he wasn't a stunt guy. Right. You know, he wasn't used to breaking glass with things and knowing what they're going to do, you know. And they said a lot of that might have incorporated into the almost accident we had. But I remember, I remember seeing the movie when I was a kid. I thought she was dead. Yeah but no then, she's
0: not but her death scene is great uh, dude, just an, I another another tongue-in-cheek moment another wink at the camera with the whole offering jason money and credit cards and then american express don't leave home without it
2: <laughs> you know in this case you can because you can't pay off jason he doesn't accept american express only not, discover
0: not gonna do you any good in camp uh camp crystal lake Um, another fun fact about this movie is it was shot in Covington, Georgia, which is about an hour and a half drive away from where I live currently. Uh, Yeah. And, and CJ Graham was, I don't know if he was a local. I don't know if he was born and raised there, but he was living in Covington and they noticed him in the town one day. And and he had played Jason kind of like you were talking about They He, 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 he dressed up as Jason for something. And that's when they turned him on to the director and the director brought him in after they weren't happy with Dan Bradley. And, you know, he, he went on to play Jason, but a lot of the downtown stuff was shot down in downtown Covington. And then the camp, uh, Camp Forest Green, it's a, a I don't have the name of the actual camp in front of me now, but um, oh, hold on, it is it
2: is Camp Daniel Morgan.
0: Yeah. And it is yeah. still here. Uh, and I plan on visiting that as soon as I can, uh, just because I mean, just the fact that it was the location where one of my favorite Friday the 13th movies was, was shot. I live not too far away from it. There will be a road trip happening in my future.
2: I do believe they even do the uh, a thing there uh, every year where uh, you can get, come in, you stay there mm-hmm. and they have a guy dressed up as Jason <laughs> and all that kind of stuff like that. Cause I mean, over the years, I've had so many people tag me and stuff on Facebook about these Jason things. Cause you can go to these places where they shot most of these movies and they'll do a, Friday the 13th weekend where is you get to watch all the movie that was shot there on site. And then they have Jason's walking around the camp everywhere, Mm -hmm. you know, and you survive Jason. If you came for the weekend, I was like, this is totally a me and Josh thing. (laughs) We totally need to go do this. (laughs) Could they hire us to be Jason?
0: I don't know. I think we might be a little too portly. (laughs) We would get the we would get the uh, the Dan Bradley treatment. Bradley
2: treatment. (laughs) You guys are a little too big. Hey, that's the problem. We need to walk. We need to do some walking, shed some pounds. So let us walk around and kill. uh, We'll do our Jason
0: Voorhees workout.
2: (laughs) Oh, there you go. Speed (laughs) walking. Speed walking (laughs) with a freaking instead of the regular machete, it's a weighted machete. Yeah. So you actually got to work it as you're walking. There you go. I love it. It's also the only Friday 13th where kids show up at the freaking camp. I was going to bring that up. It's the only one with children. Yep. Like, not, not I me. Mean not camp counselor or teenage kids, like little kids, because that's what these camps are for. Yep. I don't think I ever even let that sink into my head that we never see children
0: yeah, until I mean, this one. Uh, you know, and they're going tongue-in-cheek with this one, but they're also upping the stakes. I mean, you're actually bringing children to the camp now. That's another aspect of this that was interesting, was seeing Jason, how Jason acts around children, which –
2: that's a whole mythos thing too. Yeah.
0: So funny enough. I mean, you get through this movie without any child and, uh, casualties, which is a good thing for most people, but (laughs) you know,
2: I don't know. I think nowadays they probably would have let him kill one kid.
0: Probably. It's 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 definitely something they
2: would consider these days. I think after pet cemetery, they were probably like, Mm. shit, they killed kids in that movie. Why can't we kill kids in our movies? (laughs) But, well, not that you got more kids who are the killers in movies I and mean, mm-hmm. you have Damien in the omen, which he really didn't, but he was kind of the anti Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, you got, was that movie the orphan? Yep. Where she's the killer type stuff, stuff like that. You know, kids, I beca- started but, becoming killers. Spoiler alert.
0: She's not a kid in orphan. <laughs> she's actually oh, yeah. like a 30 something year old person.
2: Yeah. But no, I but, mean,
0: I remember when the good son came out with Macaulay Culkin yeah, He was kind of a, a, a psychopath kid in that.
2: Well, the, that was an, that was another Omen movie. What do you I mean? Thought it, there's an Omen part. I think it's supposed to be tied into the Omen movies. The Good I Son? Think the one, I thought it was. Mm, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, like, loosely. I could have swore. I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be thinking of well, something else. There, I'm, there, I'm old and I forget shit.
0: There's also another movie from the 80s uh, that came out just before The Good Son, or maybe it was early 90s, called Mikey. And it's about a kid who kills his foster parents and stuff And i remember seeing that one like on cable when i was a kid and that one kind of that one was weird because that was the first time i really had seen a kid like actually taking people out
2: yeah that's what it was yeah i'm getting them confused with another movie sorry people Don't take my horror card away from me. I'm just running movies together in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, we get here with the camp and the kids are showing up and they were talking about, you know, you think that's scary because they start talking, Megan and them start talking about Jason Mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And he said, but you know, what's scarier. (laughs) You see the bus of the kids pull up. But before that, we get the fourth wall break with the caretaker.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And I love the caretaker. I mean, it kind of sucks what happens later, but his little character is. Like you said, it's a it's a little little comedy, a little humor in it. Yeah. He kind of brings that right there at the beginning, but he's our first, he's our fourth wall break that we get, and yeah. I love that.
0: Yeah, that's another another wink at the camera, and it's it's great. I, I'm I'm definitely laughing when that stuff's happening for sure. Um, one thing I you know, like I said, they added some some kills to this because they wanted a higher body count. Uh, <laughs> Tom McLaughlin was actually planning on having thirteen kills as another yeah, sort I of tongue-in-cheek tongue yeah. thing but the, the caretaker guy wasn't originally supposed to die they added that later and then the couple But there's a reason Yeah, there is a reason and yeah. the couple in the woods that see Jason killing the caretaker was yeah. was added later which honestly like you could get rid of all of that like you didn't have to kill the caretaker you didn't have to kill those people they don't even need to be in the movie for. As, that's the one thing like I don't I think they're pointless like
2: I, I didn't need Cute. them there Let's uh make love under the stars and I'm going to propose to you. Mm-hmm. And then they get killed. Well, what's fu- <laughs> what's funny
0: about that scene though, is they kind of do a role reversal there. And the guy is upset because he thought that she, or she thought that he was only bringing her out there to have sex with her. And he's like, yeah. I'm sort of hurt that you thought I would only bring you out here to do that. Like I, I really kind of noticed that this time around watching it. And I thought it I was a pretty headache. funny. Yeah. I a like, headache. No, I got a headache and yeah. I was I thought it was pretty funny this time around, but they're, yeah. they're still like if that wasn't there, it wouldn't have bothered me. That their whole scene is pretty pointless.
2: Well, I love talking about campy. This this is our campiest part of the whole movie, mm-hmm. is the whole paintball scene with the uh you had the, the yeah. two guys. There's Larry and Stan Stan and yeah. Roy. Mm-hmm. And then the the girl that shows up. All right, I know Jason's undead and shit, but is he climbing fucking trees yeah. and shit? Because the way he just comes down military ninja style mm-hmm. and, and it cuts both <laughs> of their heads off like bam bam done three but three of all three of their heads get cut off at one time not just two yeah. all three of them yeah they gets all three up but yeah i was just like dude really and then we meet the asshole guy in the middle chauvinist pig guy uh he's like you no know, because the girl had shot him earlier mm-hmm. he said like, she should be in the kitchen and blah blah blah, mm-hmm. blah 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 i'm an asshole and he's got a machete so you kind of see the foreshadowing. Yep. You got a guy with a machete. So Jason's got to get a machete. <laughs> and then, the, you
0: know, the kill where he gets thrown into the tree and there's a smiley face when his head, I mean, again, I'm I'm just, I'm laughing but my the, ass off.
2: But that was funny, but you know, the part I laughed at harder was the fact that he's still holding the guy's arm with the machete and Jason tilts his head down and looks at the arm. Mm-hmm. Like just has it, and he's like, "Really? Wow! What? I just ripped this guy's arm off."
0: <laughs> but this was another case where, like, they put a whole lot of time and effort into that that three headed uh, decapitation. Oh yeah. And uh, unfortunately, you can kind of see some of the movie making magic in the movie, um, depending on which way you watch it, because you can see the wires pulling the bodies down and stuff. Um, yeah. But they went through this whole thing about making this this setup to where. Jason would hit them with the machete. The heads would fly off and the bodies would fall down and the blood would spurt and everything. And again, MPAA was like, "Nope, you got to cut that shit out of there. We're not going to have it. And I don't think the full, the full thing they wanted to do is in the deleted scenes, but you definitely get the heads falling down, the bodies falling over and all of that. And yeah, I would have loved to have seen that on screen. I mean, these are all things that I like would have left bigger impressions on me. At six or seven years old watching this movie.
2: Yeah. And I even love Roy. He's kind of the nerdy guy and he's walking through the woods.
1: He's got he kill starts me. shooting.
2: <laughs> I just love the fact that he shoots Jason with a damn paintball gun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's got a camera, And we think he gets away. We find out later he did not. Nope. Just dismember- find, just dismembered. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna bring some body bags. <laughs> <laughs> not just bag bags because yeah, I didn't, I mean, you think about oh, whose leg is this? So then you realize there's a set of goggles with glasses in them mm-hmm. and you're like, Oh, Roy didn't make it. Well, no,
0: you could have told you, you know it's Roy because he's got the socks pulled up over his pants legs.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Now but, you, uh, you brought up the the fact
0: that there are kids in this movie and that's one thing I wanted to talk about is you've got the one little girl who's kind of a constant throughout this, who. Is seeing a scary man and going to the camp counselors. Did you notice that when she's introduced, they ask her what her name is? Did you catch, did you, did you catch all of this? Cause I kind of, after all my time watching this and knowing that they're doing these callbacks to movies and it's all tongue in cheek, did you catch the little girl's name? The girl's name is Nancy. She sees a scary man and they're like, well, where was he? He was everywhere. Like they like a Nightmare on Elm Street, it is yeah. absolutely a callback to Freddy. I don't care what they say about it; they were referencing Freddy in this
2: movie. Yeah, but everybody thought that's what it was since they were doing all these little Easter eggs to all these other stuff. That's what that was. But he says, "No, I didn't make actually think of that." Mm. And I'm like, "Are you bullshitting me, really?" It's, Come on, it seems to be pretty obvious when you when you watch it now because
0: as soon as it start, as soon as all of the explanation for all that started happening, I was like. Nightmare on Elm Street. like they, they say everything except Freddy and all of that stuff.
2: <laughs> but And then we end up getting Jason versus Freddy or Freddy versus Jason later. Yep,
0: Which their, Which sho- it- their showdown in that cabin that they're in, in in that movie looks a lot like the cabin they're in in, in part six, but that's yeah. neither here nor there.
2: That's true. That's very true. But I mean, even at this time, I don't remember. I, I mean, I remember as a kid, but I don't know if you remember, you're uh, just a few years younger than I am but they had been talking about doing a Jason and Freddie movie even long before Mm. they did it. Like even probably back to this time. Yeah. So you would kind of think that that's what they were trying to do is trying to, Weave them together somehow. But I mean, you had new line of cinema, you had paramount. They didn't really mix. back Well, then. you
0: know, we want to talk, we, we always talk about how we could rewrite things and make it better. Let's go back. Let's what if,
2: <laughs> all right, we got a, what if this week
1: folks, what <laughs> if we
0: go back and that's where we start the lore of Jason versus Freddie is this little girl little girl is from Springwood and she's having dreams about Freddie Krueger in her while she's at camp. And that's sort of the segue into bringing Freddie into camp crystal Lake. I mean, I think that works a lot better than what they tried in Freddie versus Jason. If I'm being honest.
2: Well, if you think about it, we could do what well, right, will take us even further. That's how Freddie learns about Jason. Yeah. Is he, he, I mean, cause they're in two separate parts of the country mm-hmm. where this has happened, but he gets brought into her dream world there of the things going on. And you know, all the kids are talking about this Jason guy. Cause there's always this lore of Jason Voorhees, mm-hmm. you know, the town changed her name, trying to forget about it. You know, kids talk, hey, did you ever hear the story about Jason? And she has this in her subconscious. Well, Freddie's in her mind. He's in her sleep. And he's like, who's this fucking Jason guy? <laughs> you know, and then we get to Freddy versus Jason. Like and he says, I met somebody in hell, blah, 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 like that. But he sought him out because he knew that Jason could always be resurrected in some way because he was undead. And he was like, I'll just use JC. We could tie this together, dude. We're just moving to Hollywood. We're rewriting scripts. We're gonna start tying <laughs> movies together. And then Jason, like, Jason
0: gets pissed off because Freddie starts taking out all the people and Jason's losing his body count.
2: There you go. <laughs> so He's
0: like, dude. Jason's like, no, you're not taking my camp counselor's bitch.
2: Yeah, because what <laughs> we find out that that Jason stores the bodies out in this little cabin and yeah. keeps their their body and their soul, where Freddie keeps the soul for himself to make himself stronger or some shit like that yeah so we get a fight for souls here <laughs> yeah we could do this and then they end up running into michael myers and <laughs> Jesus. we could go on forever
0: and then ash and then you got ash versus all the
2: <laughs> basically the way jason is brought back he's a deadite yeah and they've talked about that for years jason is a deadite because then one of the well I mean, uh, jason you've, got,
0: goes, you've got the necronomicon not, and jason goes and, to
2: hell just to hell and the dagger yep Maybe Michael's a deadite, too. Maybe they're all a form of a deadite. Nash just got to kill them all. Yeah, and then when they all go to hell, then they got to put up with fucking Pinhead. There you go. We're going to make this all work. (laughs) Well, let's talk about
0: some cast members. Almost famous. I know that, dude. I don't know them. I
2: know her. Haven't you ever heard of that guy? That guy who was in that movie that was out last year. I'm sort of famous for being almost famous
0: okay I think uh, me and you're going to have the same thing here are you sure maybe
2: you sure I'm going Tony Goldwyn that's who I wrote as my number one Mm -hmm. almost famous (laughs) the main thing is because I automatically I mean I don't remember him from this I remember him from his other movies and then when I happened to watch this again I was like oh look it's the guy from Ghost Ghost (laughs) absolutely
0: (laughs) the guy from Ghost
2: (laughs) the asshole from Ghost yep but he's
0: surprisingly, after looking at his filmography, he's been in quite a bit of stuff. I mean, Kiss the Girls, The Last Samurai. He was in the remake of The House at Last House on the Left. The,
2: the, the Belko Experiment. Did you remember? Did you watch that?
0: I did. I I thought that movie Mayhem was better. Have you watched Mayhem?
2: Maybe I. I I've watched that. Okay. May- I like The Belko Experiment.
0: The, cool. I've seen I've seen both of them, but I think Mayhem is the better movie of people trapped in a building trying to kill each other. But. And it's got Glenn from The Walking Dead in it.
2: Yeah, well, my second one was Alan Blumfeld. Blumfeld. he's Larry, the guy that gets killed with the in, in the paintball thing. He's the chubbier guy. Okay, I'm not familiar go, with him. All right, look him up, dude, because that guy was in The Ring, Inner Space, K Nine, Heartbreakers, Jingle All the Way, The Interview. He was on Matlock, Growing Pains, and Stargate Atlantis.
0: Hmm. I well. I did not recognize him from any. I mean, I yeah. probably haven't seen a lot of that stuff. I've seen interspace Space, but his his cast his casting in interspace Space is listed as man with camera, so that's probably yeah. why I don't recognize him from that
2: movie. Well, I remembered his face because uh, I was again going back in you know, ten fifteen years after watching this movie and seeing other movies. Oh, I've seen that guy in other movies. But they, what was funny is they talked about the biggest guy in it was the guy that played Alan because he was in that Welcome Back Cotter TV show. Yeah. That's what he was well known for. Which I've never seen
0: that but I did see that he was in that. Um, But you got Tom Matthews too. I mean Tom Matthews eh, I, I know him from this and Return of the Living Dead part one and two. That's
2: really about it. That's it. That's about all I
0: know, and he, too. And, and but funny enough, he's actually made some appearances in these independent Friday the 13th films on YouTube. Have you watched these? Oh, yeah. the,
2: the Never Hike Alone series? Yeah. Didn't he end up doing this stuff for Tommy in the video game, too? Maybe. I think he did. He
0: probably did. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I've got him on here. I don't think, uh, you know, unless you're, you know, if you're a big, get, you're a big horror, going yeah, If you're, I'm going with the guy who played Darren, Tony Goldwyn. Um, if, if you're a big horror fan, of course, Tom Matthews is very noticeable. Uh, interesting note here, the guy who plays Court is John Travolta's nephew.
2: Really? Yeah. And see, I remember that kid. He was also, well, that would make sense why he's in the movies I got him listed for. I remember him from the movie Iron Eagle. He was one of the guys in that. I never saw uh, that. But they said he was also in Karate Kid, but he was in Face Off and Phenomenon also. Mm. It's John Travolta. Yep. Yeah, he
0: was. Uh, he's John Travolta's nephew. I think that's how he ended up in this role. And then I also wrote down Jennifer Cook, who plays Megan. Uh, Who's in V? Mostly because she was in V, and I used to watch V like crazy when I was a kid. I couldn't tell you jack shit about it, other than lizard people now. But I did watch that when I was a kid. I loved it.
2: Oh, dude. do that. It had, it had uh, a young Robert England in
0: it. Robert England, Mark Singer, <laughs> from the Beastmaster. Yep, dude. I, hey, we could do Beastmaster too. I've never seen Beastmaster. So
2: what, never dude? I just a quick story about Beastmaster. Growing up where I live now, there was uh, a friend of mine, a girl that lived next door. Dude, she had that on VHS. We either, when she wasn't, when I came here to visit, I'd go stay over there. Her mom would make us cookies and all that kind of stuff, kid stuff. But she would let us watch Beastmaster and The Secret of Nim. <laughs> I've never all seen right. either one of those. All right, dude, The Secret of Nim is fucked up to watch as a kid because it is a scary ass damn cartoon about mice and rats and owls and shit. <laughs> but if you, Beastmaster has got nudity, yeah. everything else in it. And her mom just let us watch it. Yep. But I love Beastmaster. Made me always want to uh, buy a ferret. <laughs> That's the reason I've always wanted a ferret is Beastmaster. I've had so.
0: I've had Beastmaster in my Amazon Prime watch list for ages, and just haven't watched it. And I think it's because now at this point, I'm saving it for like talking about it, it on the podcast so that way i can be like this was my first watch and here's what i thought about it because <laughs> we all you know if you have listened to this show before you know I, li- I love conan i love all that kind of stuff and beastmaster it's probably right up there dude. falls right into the same category as that but i'm just wondering how i'll feel about it as an adult considering i didn't see it as a kid
2: yeah, so. yeah uh a young uh rip torn yeah he's in that but but moving on, yeah, I would say uh, almost famous. I think we can be in agreement that it was Darren. I mean, he's mm-hmm. the most recognizable face yep. out of the whole cast. Uh, like you said, unless you're a horror movie fanatic, uh, you would go with Tom Matthews because of the Return of the Living Dead movies he was in. So, which is kind of funny because he died in the first one, but he's in the second one. Yep. And what's funny <laughs> is also
0: he was cast in this for Tommy, and um, the director did not did not know he was in Return of the Living Dead. Didn't know that until after they'd gotten him on set and was or had started working with him. Which I mean, is oh, funny right because, right. like, I, you know, I don't know. The first place I saw Tom Matthews was this, and then I saw Return of the Living Dead later. But he is such an integral part of Return of the Living Dead. It's like, you, how did you not know he was, you know, but.
2: Like, come on, man. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of wonder if the, I mean, the, he was known for making a horror movie, but I mean, he didn't know he was in uh, return of the living dead. He had never watched a Friday the 13th before this. Yeah. Like how much of a horror fan were you really, other than obviously he liked, you know, Frankenstein and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So like, come on, man you're directing a horror movie. You should know this shit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as long as you're a good director, I guess it doesn't really matter what you've seen and what you have. not as long as you can direct the people to do what you need them to do,
2: yeah, make them do it. Let's write a good movie. But one thing that kind that.
0: of bothers me on, on this movie is how Tommy starts linking Jason to all this occult stuff. And he's the, I, even so much as he's buying books on the occult and, and somehow figures out that Jason's got to be returned to his, fi- his original resting place. And we don't get any explanation for that whatsoever, other than the fact that he read it in a book from what I can understand.
2: Yeah. And then the name of the book is manual of occult. Yeah. It's literally occultism for dummies is what it should really say yeah, on pretty the front much. cover. I picked that up at Barnes and Noble back there in the corner <laughs> with everything else. You know, I was like, really? I mean, he picks up like three books, but the one that he goes with, this it is, it's literally reads out manual of occultism.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's the one, you know, and this is all correct. You know, this is scientifically proven that you have to return them to their original resting place.
0: And the other thing so, I think is really interesting here is, you've got Tommy back with this and you know the people in the town know him as the kid that's family got butchered by Jason Voorhees and now he's back. And then we haven't really touched on the fact that Tommy does go straight to the police after Jason is resurrected. He sees, um, you know, uh, Sheriff Garris and Sheriff Garris is a hard ass from the word go uh, has some great lines in this movie. Uh, But you know, it's, it's one of these things where they even kind of play with the original idea of making Tommy the killer is, What if Tommy is the one going around doing all this shit, trying to make people believe Jason Voorhees is still alive. I do really like that aspect of it.
2: Yeah. Well, that is true because they start everything that starts happening. They basically blame it all on him until later in the movie Mm -hmm. because the, we find it right here at the beginning. The sheriff's daughter, Megan is totally got the hots for Tommy dude. Yeah. Like, I mean, she is totally like, I want this guy because it's obviously the whole thing of, my dad hates him. I want him more. Yeah. And he's, he's a bad <laughs>
0: boy. And I'm the, I'm the, the,
2: the, the, sheriff's daughter, sheriff's daughter. Who's not going to follow any of the rules. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like the preacher's daughter, mm-hmm. you know, the whole thing. Yep. But, uh, I mean, yeah. Cause later you find out that yeah, all this killings going on. They're trying to blame it on him, but then she says, but he was with me. Yep. When I think that's when they find the, uh, camper turned over with court mm-hmm. and his girl. But, Which we uh, didn't
0: really touch on. I mean, that whole scene with, with Court and Nikki in the, in the RV, again, like you're your prime candidate for your
2: gratuitous nudity in this, and they do it fully clothed. I mean, yeah. And what's funny, she was actually up for a role in part five, turned it down because they wanted her to be nude.
0: Yeah. And I think and I think Tom McClellan McCle- actually approached her in this was like, hey, what do you think about doing this topless? And she was like, nope. And he was like, fine. He he did not push the issue with any of the nudity, even though they were trying to go for it. Like, I think he had a big hand in. I don't want to go to it nudity with this movie. But you, yeah, would, I mean, you don't need it. I mean, it, this movie works just fine for what it is without it.
2: But that's what you expect from a Friday Thirteenth movie. That's uh, everybody's watching it for kills and boobs. Yeah, and what a lot of them you saw Bush too because mm-hmm. they went full frontal on a lot of these too. Right. But uh, I mean, that's kind of what they were expecting. But I like I had pointed out earlier, I think that's why the movie got better reviewed uh, as some better than some of the other ones because they didn't go with that. They went with a little camp, a little break a fourth wall, a little seriousness, and it worked. Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad Friday 13th movie compared mm-hmm. to some of the others. I mean, some of those, like we said earlier, they're, they're barely watchable. I mean, <laughs> di- didn't you almost walk out of Jason X? No, I, I <laughs> sat
0: through the whole thing, but was definitely not, not into it. I'll just leave it at that. Um,
2: yeah. But the whole scene with the RV, like you said, no gratuitous nudity, nothing like that. I mean, they're going hard at it. Jason rips the cord out, unplugs RV, uh, I do like some of the sense of humor here because they're, they get in there and they, they she says, fuck it. They'd went outside. Let's leave smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. Dumb thing to leave the fucking door open while you're on the other side of the camper. Yep. You obviously know what's going to happen as soon as they come around and the door is open. But I love the little line. He's uh, he says, he's like, dude, I've never driven a house before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. But one of my favorite kills in all the Jason movies happens in that bathroom with her Mm -hmm. apparently apparently
0: they shot that her face going through the thing uh, with uh, they they dunked her head in a thing of water okay and uh, because obviously they're not smashing a head through uh, the side of an RV for real but why um, not but (laughs) It's whatever they did, I've read, I read or saw something in a behind the scenes thing where um, it was something with her. They, they pushed her head into a thing of water with the, the white, whatever in front of it. And that's how they got the, uh, the, the definition of her face going through it. And I think it works Dude. flawlessly. It looks great when it happens. Dude, in It's right
1: up
2: there with a nod to nightmare on Elm street. When Freddie comes out of the wall above mm-hmm. Nancy in yep. the bed from part one, it's very reminiscent of that. Yeah. Uh, But I mean, it's, that's a pretty great kill right there. I mean, we'll we'll talk more about other great kills in this movie later, but uh, I do love the shot. This is one of my favorite shots too, as after the RV flips over and it's on fire and Jason's just standing there like, on top of the the motherfucker burn Mm -hmm. let it burn mother i don't care i love it it's just not him because usually it would be flipped it's over cut to the next scene right but i love it you actually get to see jason crawl his ass out and then stand there i love that like you said they're you get to see so much Jason in this movie. Yeah.
0: That was How can one people thing. people not love this movie. That was one thing <laughs> about this movie that stuck with me is I remember seeing the trailer for this movie on TV quite a bit. And I was excited to see it because it was another Friday the 13th movie at this point. I had seen all of them. So I was super excited. And I remember the shot. There's a shot in the trailer of him busting the door open uh, to to come out of the RV after it's flipped yeah. over. And that shot in that trailer always stuck with me i was like oh man that looks cool as shit of him busting through that door like that and mm-hmm. it, it's funny i went back and, and was when watching the special features and everything for this i was going back and watching those tv spots because they're on the blu-ray and yeah. yeah i was like it was taking me back to when i was a kid because i was like oh man this trailer is the reason why i was so excited about this movie and that and that scene in the trailer was one of them was him coming, was, coming out wasn't, of that RV. Uh,
2: wasn't it another one in the trailer when he through the door of the cabin too somebody yeah, oh yeah the
0: shot of him busting through the door the cabin door is in the trailer yeah i remember
1: that yeah
2: because i'm like that and i think i remember where she he throws her out the window
1: mm-hmm.
2: at the really quick i mean he likes throwing people out the fucking window mm-hmm. i don't know what it is about that either and people jumping out windows like dogs which we never fully found out did the dog jump out or did jason throw the dog out? we'll never know <laughs> we'll never know
0: one of my uh, one of my favorite shots in this movie though is, you know, the, the the girls that are left at the camp to deal with the kids. Um Paula is she's back in the kids' cabin again because this little girl Nancy continues to see these things. She, she finds a bloody machete. That should be your first instinct to be like, "Okay, we got to get everybody out of here." But they think it's just the other guy, the other kids and the other camp counselors playing court, pranks and, on them.
2: Yeah, I think Courtney, yeah, cuz the little girl sh- cuz you think it's Jason sneaking into Paula's cabin. Mm-hmm. Cause you see, and it is, it's a little girl, Nancy say, look what I found. Oh, it's just somebody playing jokes on everybody. Yeah. I'm like, but after okay. she gets
0: her in bed and then it shows her walking through the cabin to leave and you've oh, got yes. Jason's shadowing her on the, through, through the windows that mm-hmm. I love that shot there. Now, you know, that's one gripe you can have about pretty much any horror movie out there these days is people's um, depth perception or like field of vision You're right here
2: and he's right
0: (laughs) there. You could see him out of your blind spot if you just kind of like turned your eyes a little bit. But, you know, another thing they do is hiding under the beds or hiding under under the tables and stuff. It's like you would see someone under a bed, especially if there's nothing covering the bottom of it. Like depending on where you are and where you're walking into a room, you're going to see somebody under something. But I can understand why they do it. It's an easy trope to have in a horror movie because it's just going to play with, you know, younger, younger people who aren't really thinking about that kind of thing. But watching in these as an adult and being like, I would totally see them under that bed right now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You knew even as a kid, she's going to shut the door. It's going to open. Jason's going to be standing there. And that's exactly what. Well, I do like that.
0: They have one little instance where, you know, they kind of fake you out the first time. She goes to close it. It doesn't close or something. And, she, yeah. and then she's like, oh, gosh, I was being silly. And then when she finally does go, then that's when Jason pops to the door. They kind of subvert your expectations
2: there a little bit. And I think that works. Uh, Megan has now got Tommy out of jail mm-hmm. because they had him locked up. I love the thing where they're driving and they pass the sign that says speeding? Question mark? Question mark? Yeah, dude, that is so funny. And then where are they going? Hey, they just passed. Cunningham Road. Yep. Oh, another name drop in a movie for the Friday Thirteen series.
0: For those keeping scores, Sean Cunningham directed the first movie. Yep.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just like you said. They little Easter eggs, like the whole Nancy thing, which they said they it wasn't Nightmare on the Street. I don't care what they say. Here on the VHS files, we're saying it was <laughs> because I it's mean too, it's <laughs> too easy. It, man. Yeah, it's
0: too easy, and it it works. I mean, it absolutely works. So. But I don't know. You want to talk about some quotes?
2: Sure. You're going to need a bigger quote.
0: Did you find any taglines for this one?
2: I did. I didn't write them down, but I have them here. All right. But uh, on the deluxe edition DVD, which you probably have, not in 4K. (laughs) uh, Evil lives forever. That's good. Uh, If you think it's hard to keep a good man down, try keeping down a bad one. <laughs> wow. you gotta love the 80s, man. Oh, wow, that was terrible. <laughs> uh, they enter several, actually. Kill or be killed. It's all right. Nothing this evil ever dies. What? Yep. Okay. Nothing. No. Yeah. Evil always rises again.
0: See, that's, what, that's where this is just kind of like evil. Like, I don't know. Like, evil it was a term, like, connected to michael myers i don't i don't you know you don't hear them dropping the evil word (laughs) the e-word in in any of the friday the 13th movies i don't know this one's kind of weird
2: all right but this last one kind of goes about what we were just talking about before this Mm -hmm. the nightmare returns this summer (laughs) (laughs) again
0: like if they were actually like you know retconning or like planning to do something with that that would have been great
2: uh what do you got for quotes josh i mean i'm pretty sure we got several here
0: um one of my favorites is sheriff garris he's don't piss me off junior i will repaint this office with your brains that one's pretty good
2: uh i got uh, the volkswagen one we better turn around and he's like why he said because i've seen enough horror movies to know any weirdo wearing a mask is not friendly
0: that was the next one I had written down. <laughs> <laughs>
2: to it.
0: But I do like when he tells her to speed up and he and she he says she, <laughs> he'll move and she speeds towards him. She stops and she goes, "Yeah, that really scared the shit out of him." <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was my next one. <laughs> uh yeah, the four walls says some folks have a strange idea of entertainment. Where he looks right at the camera yep. and says it, dude. See, he did Deadpool before Deadpool. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I think a lot. Of, I think
0: a lot of things did Deadpool before Deadpool. Yeah.
2: <laughs> what do you got for next one, Josh?
0: Wherever the red dot goes,
2: you bang. Dude, are you reading my list? Because <laughs> <laughs> they say that twice. I love it when Tommy says it. Yep. Whenever a man pulls together. Because <laughs> remember. Where the red dot goes? I love because he says it way better. Dude, he actually reminded me of his character from Return of the Living Dead when he said it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He, his delivery was very much at that. Oh, I love this one, too. It's a caretaker again.
1: Dig him up. Does he think I'm a fart head?
0: Yeah! uh We were just talking about Nikki and Court. She goes, we go cl- plug the cord back in. Who unplugged the cord? Smokey the freaking bear. I don't know. Just go do it.
2: I like that one <laughs> uh let's see oh caretaker again uh, when he's drunk and he drinks the bottle kathleen you led me astray <laughs> he's or talking to the bottle like it's his girlfriend darling
0: you're gonna be the death of me <laughs> and then next yeah. next shot bottle in the neck the other thing about the bottle in the neck is you see the blood pouring out of the mouth hole on it that's also pretty funny
2: yeah uh, this we have. We're about to this part of the movie. Says, "Come on, hotlets let's go." You drive, I'll navigate. Uh, I like when they f- they're
0: they're in the kids' cabin and they're like, "Oh no, it was just a dream," and she says, "No, it was real, just like on TV." <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, oh, the, we're, ugh, we're talking about the kids later in the cabin. Dude, that, that those two boys have a couple great lines where they're under the bed. So, what where are you going to be when you grew up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then what do you think? I think we're dead meat. Yep. <laughs> those two those two kids had some good ones. Or, "Oh, when the Tommy yells at him. Come on, maggot head." Yep. "Come on, you That's pussy." Good- That's about all I got. That's about all the quotes I got. Dude, we were like going literally down each other's list mm-hmm. one for one. So, I think this one,
0: this one definitely has quite a handful of quotable things in it for sure. Well, I mean, you've got Tommy who's figured out that he's got to get Jason back to his original resting place. Um, You know, he's already taken out the girls at the camp. You got he's twisted Nikki's head off or sissy's head off. Um, And then I love that we don't see what happens to Paula. You just see blood everywhere. Like when, when they actually find her, like, like find the cabin that he, she was killed in. There's not even a, there's blood everywhere, but there's not even a body anywhere. It's like, it's like Jason put her in a blender and just let the blender. Go. Dude,
2: it totally looked like the cabin from evil dead Two When all the blood starts shooting out of the walls. Yeah. That's it. That's literally what that cabin looked like.
0: I also love when he, when he snatches sissy through the window and her, her uh, slippers fall off.
2: Did you notice when she was pouring that beer? You can hear it hitting him. When it's pouring out, you hear it like it's like hitting like skin and popping because the window is way down there, the ground is. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't hear it, but you can hear it. It sounds like she's pouring it over the top of somebody's head. So Jason was there getting a beer. Mm-hmm. So but then I oh love no. the fact that she I still love the fact that because it's a side shot and he just jerks her right out of the slippers. Like the slippers don't even move. Yeah. You know that the, the special face guys probably just put nails through the bottom of them <laughs> here. Jason's going to pull you out the window. It's going to be okay, but your slippers are going to stay. So I was going to say now the cops have finally showed up at the fucking camp. That's right.
0: That's where I was about to start is
2: yeah, they finally understand it's not Tommy mm-hmm. and everybody's showing up at the camp and everything. And I, dude, that's the thing about J- Jason movies, even through the other ones. He can use anything at a camp or whatever to kill people with. Mm-hmm. And he can hit you at a hundred yards with a fucking throwing dagger. Yeah. While you're in a full winded sprint, <laughs> he's going to hit you right between. You, Cause dude, when he kills that freaking uh cop on the dock with that little throwing dagger. I thing, don't even
0: know if it's a throwing dagger. It looks like a dart or something. Like it
2: looks like, a, it looks like a throwing spike, like something that you would throw into a tree or you would hammer into a tree. Because they were slid into that belt that he had. The uh-huh. Which, and I, the
0: thing he pulls him the thing he pulls it out of has like little fishing lures and stuff on it. It's like something he got off the guy he killed in the woods, the the, yeah. the
2: machete guy. But Yeah, I don't know. But dude, I mean he nails him, he falls into the boat. But that's that's the thing, is like Jason kills people like fucking Bruce Lee and shit. Mm-hmm. He can throw a he can throw a ninja star from a mile away and kill you if he wanted to.
0: This is another part where they cut things out because he smashes the other guy's head. In the original cut, you see the head actually pop open and stuff squirt out of it. (laughs) And they had to
2: cut that out for this. I love the fact when Sheriff Garrett trips over that dead deputy's body and it's not blood, you actually see like the snot that got pushed out of his nose Mm -hmm. running down and it's like green gooey. I mean, they were doing some detail work there. I mean, because most people, it's just covered in blood out of his eyes, out of his nose, out of his mouth. But they even had, you know, some booger snot Booger snot. <laughs> Booger snot running up out of his nose. Cause he squished the snot right out of the nose, like a pimple. I
0: have to say Sheriff Garris, you know, he, he gives Jason a fight. I mean, nothing he does to Jason is anything that's going to, that's going to hurt him. I mean, we've seen Jason take plenty of bullets and well, the
2: fact he's shooting with a shotgun this time, not a regular gun. Yeah. So, but when he, he's actually moving him, <laughs> I love when
0: Garris you know Jason hears uh Megan calling out for him so he goes after her and he decides he's got to protect his daughter and he grabs that damn rock and starts smashing him in the face with it yeah i think that's pretty cool but let's what go what happens ahead, to let's go ahead and get into him top kills <laughs> i'm going top kill is sheriff garris okay. When he bends him over and cracks his back and folds him in half, it's great.
2: Dude, yeah, that, I could go with that. And when he pushes that face through the bathroom wall mm-hmm. in the RV, and it just makes the total impression, but along with the sound effects of it actually bending the metal.
0: Yeah, it, it sounds like a can crushing or something. Like
2: I did like the humor of the one where they kill uh, uh Sissy, pulling her out of her shoes, and then he just totally twist your head all the way around and pulls it off. Yeah. That's pretty good. I mean, that's when, you know, like you said, Jason had always been, a, he was strong. He, he was a man, but he had that that quote unquote crazy strength. Mm. Uh, but I mean, the fact that he literally just twist your head off like a Coke bottle, Yep. you know, just takes it right off, you know, but uh, yeah, I had yeah, Sheriff Garris and the RV death were my two, my two tops. Yep. And there's a lot of them, but.
0: But And it's kind of sad to see him go, because, I mean, even though he's not listening to Tommy throughout this movie, you can tell he really does care about his daughter, even though she's being defiant against him. Um, he seems like he really does have the best intentions for everything, but it's like it's like Tommy says earlier in the movie, he goes, you're going to be sorry you didn't listen to me. And he, of course, his reply is, you're going to be sorry if you don't shut up. But, you know, I, I think, I, I like... Sheriff Garris' character in this. I mean, I like his banter with Tommy. I like the the one-liners that he throws out throughout all of it. You know, uh, it was kind of sad to see his character go, especially being as though he was protecting his daughter in that moment.
2: Yeah, which is kind of reminiscent of Halloween 4 and 5 with the sheriff and his daughter. Yeah. Which, you know what? I, it, this is completely
0: off topic, but I'm going to throw it out now. Do it, Josh. Do but it. Our summer school episode. <laughs> For almost famous, Bo Star, who plays the girl's father in Halloween four and five, he's the the sheriff in the in the movie. he yeah. he's Chainsaw's dad. Yes, in Summer School, I had him. He sure is. Uh, Holy shit, dude! I had Holy him, shit! I had him written down for Almost Famous and was going to bring it up in that episode and completely forgot. Like, I guess I got oh, lost that. in the conversation. But yeah, Bo Star is the actor's name, and he's Chainsaw's yeah. dad in that movie.
2: And he, yeah. And he's the sheriff Uh, in part four and five. Yep. Yep. Holy crap, dude. Good catch. That's why you're the boss, Josh. <laughs> they pay Josh the big bucks here at the VHS file. If
0: I was doing my research right, I would have said it in the actual episode that I wrote it down for.
2: <laughs> we had mentioned it earlier in the movie about the whole mythos. And I wanted to touch on this because to me, I think this is where it really pushed that into mainstream myth was when Jason walked into the cabin and confronted the little girl sleeping. And I mean, he's literally a foot from her face when mm-hmm. he's kneeling down and she starts to say her prayers. Cause there was a little bit of a spirituality thing thing through this movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, cause at one time I think they wanted to name the movie Friday 30 part six Jason has risen, but they said it was, that was too religious. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, but I mean, we had a couple little things of prayers and stuff throughout mm-hmm. the movie, but how the little girl just saying, you know, now i lay me down to sleep or pray the lord you know like that and jason goes away but that was a thing i remember growing up as a kid and everybody talked about is like hey if it's you know don't worry if you if jason was real he wouldn't kill you because you're a kid Mm -hmm. you know because he didn't try to really kill tommy in part four and then he didn't kill this little girl which he was right there Mm -hmm. and it was even watching her through the window when uh Paula was talking to her. Remember, he's standing right there in the window watching them talk Right before he follows her out the cabin. But uh, I think that's where they really push that myth into the mainstream thing of all of us. You know, we always have our movie myths that that we all follow if you're big into horror movies, but of how Jason wouldn't kill a kid. He wouldn't kill a child. Because I think it was because he died as a child. Yeah. And he was very childlike. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where they... Got that, but I just wanted to point that out because I really wanted to touch on that. There, there's
0: another basis for your nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Friday the 13th crossover is Freddy's killing children and Jason ain't having that shit. There you go. You know, yeah. You're, but,
2: only, but you're, the, you're only allowed to kill the
0: teenagers that are having sex, not the young children.
2: <laughs> yeah. Jason has, he has rules, but even though he does kill some people that really, remember uh, Paul didn't have sex in this movie, didn't do any drugs either true very true because see that's the other thing throughout all the friday 30 they changed a little bit in this movie because it's like if you had sex you were drinking or you're drugging or anything like that you're, you're gonna die i mean that was a given i mean straight
0: the, up. the case is the point with both of them i mean you got paula and sissy i mean they're just chilling at the at the camp watching the kids not doing anything wrong but they're still in line for the bloodbath
2: wait what? what wait didn't they smoke something
0: I don't when think they so. were there
2: playing the card game. I thought Sissy was smoking. I don't know.
0: Mm, I don't think she was.
2: So it's basically, if you're at my fucking camp and you're above the age of 16, 17, mm-hmm. you're dead. All right. So sorry. I feel,
0: I feel like Tommy gets a little, um, I don't want to say careless, but like he, if you notice when they get to the camp, he's all about putting Jason down and he's, oh, yeah. he's kind of, he's kind of, mean to Megan from this point on, like he's been trying to keep her out of it the whole time and and make sure she's not a part of it. He's like, you know, I need to do this myself. But when they get to the camp, he's very like, um, she says something about, you know, trying to find her dad. And she's like, you're going to be sorry. And he goes, I hope not, you know, or, you know, something like that. But he, he tells her to go back to the cabin with the kids. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, what good is she going to do at the cabin with the kids? He's like, go before it's too late. Like, She's not going to be able to stop Jason. It's almost like he's sending her to her death in a way. It's like, what is but, she going to do to protect those kids?
2: But it ties to the myth of what we just said. Jason won't kill the kids. Maybe if she was there taking care of the kids, he sees her as doing what she should have been doing, what the counselors should have been doing when he drowned. I guess that makes sense. but Yeah, because it almost seems like you know, like him studying his occult book and the stories of Jason. Cause I mean, he, he knew everything about him and he's saying, Hey, if you go back, like maybe this, is what he's saying, you know, get back there before it's too late before you get killed. But if you're with the kids, you're going to be okay. Go there. Cause he was forcefully trying to make her go to the kids, stay with the kids. It just,
0: the whole thing's a little murky because Jason breaks through the door of the cabin to the kids almost as a yeah. threat And then breaks through the wall to get Megan and starts to crush her head. So I'm just kind of like, all that's a little murky. And again, it seems like, you know, it seems like Tommy is starting to build this relationship with Megan throughout this. And then he sends her out there. seems a little, a little not right to me, but come on, maggot head. Yeah, (laughs) this is a, (laughs) I like, I like the whole scene of Jason walking into the water and after him the whole pouring water or pouring gasoline into the water makes no sense to me. Like a lot of this doesn't make sense. Even Tommy's idea of weighing Jason down with this rock, like honestly, like all Jason has to do is pull himself down from the chain and like undo the noose to get loose. Like this doesn't, this, this, this idea Tommy has is
2: not that great. (laughs) Well, remember in the occult book, the manual of occultism, which is, mm-hmm. you know, you can find at your nearest books a million uh, tells him, I guess that's what they're getting to is kind of like uh, remember We're doing this Gothic horror thing. Vampires have to be returned to their earth. You right. know, they have to go back to where they're from. They always have to have their home with them. And I think that's what he's going for here is like, if you're you know, trying to make rational of a fictional movie is that's his resting place. He originally drowned. So therefore when he's there, He's he's done, but I mean, but yet he can walk in the water and Mm -hmm. be okay. But in Freddy versus Jason, in Mm -hmm. the dream state, he's scared of water. Right. So, who do you believe? If he can walk in water and jump out of the water and kill people, then why isn't? As soon as he hit water, why did he just not become like? It just really I'm fr- I'm, it just really yeah. hit
0: me this time watching it is, you know, it's a great visual of Jason floating and 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 being anchored to this rock on the bottom of the of the lake floor and everything, but I'm sitting here thinking about it and I was like, you know, even though they've done this to him and Jason is undead, he can, you know, it, uh, he's been brought back from being dead and now they're going to drown him again. That's one thing in itself, but like he could easily grab hold of this chain pull himself down like yeah you know and what just i mean it out and from then over just, his head. it's more sound what happens to him in part three when they drop him out of the out of the barn and he's hanging
2: yeah breaks his neck because he's not undead at this point right and then on that
0: he grabs the rope and pulls himself up and it's a lot less likely that someone could actually do that than do what and, and get out of it than than what happens here like i feel like there's positive. If you did this to me in a swimming pool, I could get out of it really quick.
2: Yeah. You put me in a pool. Yeah. Hey dude, we're going to drop this rock for this internet. You got, we're going to let you get out, but if you don't, we'll come down and get you out type thing, you know, but think about it. Yeah. I mean, I know that it cinches against his neck because it's got it's got a compressed ring Mm -hmm. for the chain. So the chain can slide through it. Uh, no too much shit about hardware, shit, (laughs) but, uh, that's how he pinches up on his neck. But I mean, in a sense, you could still just grab the side of the chain that's anchored down and grab the loop and push downward like this and then pull it off of his head. Mm -hmm. Again, we're trying to make (laughs) sense of a fictional movie about a guy walking around undead with a hockey mask. Yeah. But I mean, and you get the whole thing with the gas on the water, the gas is going to burn out as soon as it burns off the water.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: I mean, he just does the big circle of fire Uh, And this is where parts of it start to fall apart. I almost kind of think they kind of rushed it, but they're also living in the the world of horror movies where anything's possible. Whenever Megan goes in the water, because, you know, Jason took Tommy down, he drowned. I mean, he's floating. Mm -hmm. So he's done. And she goes in and, you know, Jason grabs her leg and she gets up to the boat mode and turns it on. Okay. All right. Do you remember back when Tommy was pouring the gas into the water, Mm -hmm. the gas tanks at the front of the boat, yep. The motor's at the back of the boat. The boat has been broken half. Mm -hmm. Where did the gas tank go that's connected to the boat motor? Well, there is no more gas going to the boat motor.
0: Well, there's that. And then even if the gas tank was still hooked up, as soon as she cranks that motor, that boat's out of there. Like, that boat would not stay stationary. It would be gone.
2: (laughs) It'd be going to be moving. Yeah, I'm just like, hello. There's a whole lot
0: about the end of this that makes absolutely no sense.
2: Yeah, because boat engines have neutral. Drive in reverse. Yep. I mean, you turn them. They have a little switch. You, you click them. And then, I mean, neutral means it's basically running, but the prop is not on.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: As soon as she put it in drive, it's going to try to push. Yep. And, but the thing she, I mean, maybe this is why Jason couldn't do it. Maybe it fucked him up, batted up. But like you said, he's undead. I mean, that thing chewing into his neck and you can hear it. hmm great sound effects yeah i mean oh I, my god the idea of killing
0: or you know dispatching of jason in this way i think is really cool and that last time when it hits him it goes like it makes this noise yeah. like it just cut into him and, and you see the
2: chunks float up
0: mm-hmm. oh that's and apparently this this scene was shot in a swimming pool actually the, yeah it's the, the director's father's swimming pool yep
2: yeah, yep yeah, i got that in my notes yeah that was because uh, i guess the way we needed to do it and the weather mm-hmm. it was i guess it's cold
0: And apparently, when they
2: always shoot Jason movies, it's cold. Yeah. And
0: apparently, they really fucked up his dad's pool shooting in it, too. Like when they did the scene where they killed Jason and all the chunks, like apparently, it really messed up his pool. um,
2: Oh, shit.
0: And stuff and like completely demolished it.
2: Oh, man. But hey, it's worth it. It's part of movie history. Yep dad, shut up. We, we made $19 million. I'll give you, you know, back in 1986, I'll give you 15 grand to get your pool fixed. But you, it, uh, you were
0: talking earlier about, you know, them kind of getting into like the more godly aspects of things in this. Also when she saves Tommy and he is res- resuscitated, you can see her kind of look up and say, thank you. Yeah. So yeah, they were really going for it with that stuff in this one.
2: Yeah. They were pushing it uh, pretty good in this one, but You know, and like you said, you get the thing at the end as normal. At the end of every Friday, you get the the creepy music Mm -hmm. of them zooming in on the lake and then the Jason and you see his eye is open. That was
0: a stipulation. They said you cannot kill Jason. You have to make sure that he is still open for sequels. Now, I'm sure you've done your research and have heard about the original ending for this.
2: I had mentioned it earlier about the caretaker, and that's why they went ahead and, and used him as a uh, killing him off because originally he, Tom wanted to keep him around for the end of the movie
1: mm-hmm.
2: for a certain thing. And I mean, I've watched it on the, the crystal Lake memoir type, th- the thing that was on shutter yeah, where you could go through all the movies. And I, I remember when they got to this part, I'd always heard about it, but it was nice to where they were talking about it and they went into depth. I mean, they even showed the drawn storyboard panels yeah. for it. And I was like, I would have loved to have seen that end.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's an, an, it's an interesting thing to do to bring Jason... Well, I mean, we're kind of alluding to this, but the original idea, if you don't know, um, they originally wanted the movie to end back in the graveyard, and there was going to be this shadowy figure there with the uh, the grave keep, graveskeeper guy. Yeah, the caretaker. And it was supposed to be Jason's father, who they've never talked about or introduced in the movies at all. He was supposed to be there, and it was meant to be like a to tie up loose ends from like part two and and stuff like that because, or not part two, part five Uh, In part five, they say that Jason was cremated. Yeah. And then a lot of this with the father was supposed to be, well, his father paid to have someone watch over him and, and to be buried, not cremated. So like they were trying to correct mistakes with that idea. Yeah. But since they wanted Jason to stay to, to to be alive and continue with sequels, they also didn't want to deal with the aspect of having to introduce Jason's father into everything and like deal with the story surrounding that. They didn't want to deal with it at all. So they were like, nope, you need to scrap that. We're done. I don't know. The idea of all this sounds a lot like a particular man in black from another horror franchise, <laughs> namely your favorite horror <laughs> franchise.
2: Yeah, that kind of got way out there with the whole man in black (laughs) type thing
0: right so i mean it's it's an interesting aspect it's a cool little little nod to like the lore of jason but ultimately i think they made the right decision with not including it but in an alternate world or an alternate universe it would be cool to kind of see what they could do
2: with that but but then we get the awesome Freaking the man behind the mask. (laughs) Yeah. I thought that I remember
0: that video when I was younger, I was like, Oh wow. Like that was really my first introduction to Alice Cooper. I think was that song, Oh man.
2: Shoot. I remember the song poison and, you know, uh, schools out, all that stuff like that. I never,
0: I think I'd probably heard schools out, but I never knew that was Alice Cooper when I was a kid. No,
2: but yeah, he did a lot of, he pretty much did the soundtrack for this whole movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's the song when they're in the RV, that's not Alice Cooper, but pretty much every other song in this movie is
2: Alice Cooper. But speaking of songs about movies, dude. Attention
0: for this week's staff picks. Attention this week's staff picks. I
2: wanted to throw this out there because Josh recently, because we're talking about Friday the 13th, or sent these guys to me uh, from the band uh, Ice Nine Kills. Is mm-hmm. that their name? Yeah. I have jammed it. I don't know if you guys out there listening know who these guys are, but they did a, an album called The Silver Scream Final Cut where they talk about horror movies in every song, and they did a Friday the 13th. Well, yeah. Dude, uh, they <laughs> let's go back in time and have those guys do <laughs> the music for this movie because Alice Cooper didn't cut it. That song, thank God, it's Friday. That's a pretty cool little jam, man. I'm glad you uh, sent that over to me just in time for Friday the 13th. It's a pretty cool. They got some catchy ones there. And he gets songs about Michael Myers, Pennywise, uh, the shiny, the crow movies we've talked about here on the show.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. They're pretty but, good, man. If you're into heavy stuff and you like the, the novelty of them singing songs about horror movies, it's really entertaining to listen to these guys.
2: Yeah. I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I've definitely done a listen through. Hey, they even did a, uh, a cover of your favorite Michael Jackson song that Josh knows how to do the dance to. They did thriller (laughs) thriller. And honestly, like
0: that's another cool aspect about those guys is they're bringing thriller into this age to where, you know, kids that are going to be into their music are going to be like, what is this song thriller? What is the, and they're going to go back and discover, like, it's weird to think about that as a man in my forties who grew up with thriller as a big part of my life, to know that like kids that are going to be listening to Ice Nine Kills probably have no idea the song thriller probably don't they're not going to know anything about the song the music video or any of that stuff and it's it's really cool that they like i used to be very anti like doing covers like that like i and this one oh, yeah. i like it it's it's good and but i like the fact that they did it just for the fact that they're bringing thriller to a new generation with it it. because the people that like that band are going to like that song for the fact that they did it. Yeah. And then that's going to be able to be like, Oh, well let me go back and check out the original and that could lead them to the music video and all that stuff. And honestly, like the, the, the YouTube video that I'm about to put up on YouTube really kind of delves into my love for thriller a a, a little bit. So if you, if you go to our YouTube page and watch that video, you'll see that I'm a big fan of that, that song, that music video, everything. So I really like the fact that they did that and that it's on the album. Well, let's get to the good, the bad, and the ugly of Jason lives.
1: The good, the bad, the ugly.
2: Hi! Hi! (laughs) Eric's not here. I tried my best.
0: (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and knock mine out here (laughs) real quick. Um, The good here is the tongue in cheek feel of this movie. Uh, I love that they had fun with it. It is definitely the most fun Friday the 13th movie. I don't know if it's my favorite. Check out our TikTok to find out what my favorite one is. But it's definitely up there as far as fun for Friday the 13th. Um, I love the look of Jason in this movie. I think that's good. I like the setting. I like the look of the camp. All of that stuff is great here. Uh, the bad is the movie looks cheap. Um...
1: watching it these few
0: times like the cinematography and the way it looks looks very like sci-fi channel ish to me (laughs) um sharknado (laughs) not quite that bad but then again I I've only seen clips of sharknado I've never seen the movie so um another bad thing is Nancy the kid the little girl who's running around screaming the whole time I think she's annoying and I could do without her and uh the ugly is court's pants they're fucking hideous you ever heard of a sewing machine kid?
2: So, and I love court knows shit about Indian stuff with the rocks. Yeah.
0: That, that, that scene <laughs> of him talking about the, that's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. And then the kids you brought up earlier, like they see straight through his bullshit. They're you like know? bullshit. If this is as exciting as it gets, we're in big trouble, dude.
2: <laughs> those guys are great. Like I said, those yeah. kids drop a couple of the best quotes through the whole movie. Yep. So my good, bad, I'm going to shoot from the hip on these good, the nostalgia of the movie i love friday 13th movies i mean they're they're not my favorite run like josh josh loves the friday 13th movies probably as much as i do halloween but uh i still think this is one of the better of the friday 13th movies i mean uh part four probably still my favorite uh but part six is pretty good it's it's up there in the, i mean shoot how many movies is there now 12, 12 total yep uh it's definitely in the top five easily either maybe top four i don't know since four is the good thing to go with but uh <laughs> i still think it looked good i mean it for 1986 it's good they had a three million dollar budget but you always get that look from friday the 13th movies they never looked like they were the big studio films even though they were they always had that grainy cheap, like cheaper look to them well that was they the thing they, they
0: were cheap to make and they had a good return they are they were always cheap to make yeah. brought in a good return
2: yeah exactly so uh, but yeah, just the enjoyable part of it. Uh, and I love the way Jason looks in this movie. Uh, it, like you said, it is kind of funny. He goes from looking haggard coming out of the grave to I literally just stopped by freaking Academy Sports and picked up a new hunting shirt and mm-hmm. gloves and everything on the way to go kill everybody. Uh, but uh, my bad. Man. There's so many new things I can, nitp- I hate nitpicking at these movies because I do love horror movies. I don't know. I don't know if I have a bad, I can go ugly with some of the kind of scenes that weren't needed. I, I, I know what I'm not going to do a bad this week, Josh. I'm just going to go straight to ugly. The scenes with like the two people that weren't needed, that got killed on the moped that were doing the proposal in the woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's a few scenes in this movie you could totally do without. Yep. And uh, you had that scene. I don't think they really needed the kill the caretaker. Like you said, they were just throwing these in there because Paramount wanted a higher kill count. Uh, and thats I would say that's really about it. And the, the ugly part is fuck you, MPAA, yeah. for fucking up these movies. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with that. If I got to throw a fuck you out there for this week, that's it. Leave these movies alone. Let art be art. Let these hardworking special effects guys put their work on screen. They worked hard for it, and they put their blood sweat and tears into it. So let's give it up to those people like the Tom Savinis and the Nicoteros and all of them out in the world who worked their ass off of these. Stop hacking up their work. <laughs> but yeah, that would be my ugly for it. Yeah, no bad. Just good and ugly. So. All right.
0: Well that's gonna do it for our discussion about Friday the 13th, part six, Jason Lives. I had a lot of fun talking about it. Um, uh, I, I, I watch this movie all the time. It's definitely one of my favorites of the series. And, you know, I just, you may hear me talking about Friday the 13th again, sometime soon, but, um, yeah, you got anything else, Jason?
2: I don't know. Yeah. If you guys are checking us out weekly here at the podcast, uh, start watching out for Josh throwing some sh- stuff up on, uh, YouTube, yep. check out his fun TikTok videos. It's good stuff. So check it out there too. And, uh, I hear there might be some like little giveaways coming up soon maybe Mm. we might be throwing something out there something in the works for the listeners maybe maybe maybe, maybe. we'll have some more
0: details on that coming up soon but yeah keep your ears open if you listen to this show there may be some free stuff coming your way possibly
2: your ears and your eyes watch out for social media we uh, are on Instagram, Twitter uh, Facebook and now TikTok go check out Josh randomly talking about any kind of movies he's watching
0: we're definitely about to start getting a lot more active on youtube as well so check that out but until next time be kind
2: rewind
1: Rewind. get the fuck out been listening to the vhs
0: files presents the horror section we drop new episodes every friday so make sure you're subscribed and leave us a rating and a review wherever you get your podcast interact with us on all social media platforms at vhs files podcast email us your questions comments and movie suggestions at vhsfilespodcast at gmail.com thanks for listening and we'll be
2: back to live in Texas, you gotta have a machete. And we're back.
1: And we're back, folks. Yeah. How
2: you doing? We're talking Jason here live on K-I-L-L. <laughs> W-K-I-L-L. Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> Just for you people out there let you know, the local police department has let us know that there is a mass maniac wandering around the lake. <laughs> You may want to stay indoors. <laughs> we're stupid here. Too much caffeine. Okay, where were we? Well, well yeah, all right. Go ahead.